Welcome into the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined uh, from Miami, lovely Miami, by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going today? The new intro music, man. More M-Deuce beats. I like this one. <laughs> well, we're not sure if it's here to stay, but I cannot find the MP3 of the other one. So uh, here we are. We got some good feedback. People said they liked it. And we I do have several uh, M-Deuce beats, which you can also find, uh, I believe, on Facebook, on Twitter, on his SoundCloud. So check them out. I'll try to roll some of them out. We should uh, put a poll well. on the on the Commitment Issues Twitter page for the beats because I'm, I'm yeah. solidly team new beats. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Well, you always like change. Um, we'll see what the people uh, have to say. Uh, I'm sure if we put a poll up there, I'd get one vote. <laughs> hey, you know, see, P- power to the people. Right, exactly. Well, we don't run out. We don't go on a simple majority in this country, Rob, as you and your socialist friends continue to push that narrative. Um <laughs> Anyway, we want to remind people, leave us a review on iTunes, tell a friend about the show, tell them we got new music. We're not as stale as we used to be. We did not have a Sunday show this week. I had a friend in town and I just didn't get around to it. Our boy Dave Lackford has just been lobbying so hard uh, to get on the podcast. He wanted to come on Sunday. He wanted to come on today, but uh, he was even said he wanted to take off work, Rob. Can you believe that? (laughs) <laughs> some some poor, he's a he's a defense attorney right or is he a prosecutor he's a, he's a district attorney assistant district uh, attorney. Yeah, well, yeah. some some criminal on the streets of wherever kentucky he lives is going to roam free because he took the day off to talk about nick saban <laughs> all right so let's jump right into uh the picks of the week last week rob continued his hot season went five and oh in the picks he made on this podcast then didn't follow his own advice uh when he was uh off the air because uh, we and I could say the same as I went two and three and didn't follow my own advice. So, uh, Rob, you are now on the season thirteen and two. I mean, that's insane. I had a good year last year too, man. On the show, I, I don't know what it is about picking games on the show. I should listen to myself, and when it comes time to actually wager money, not bet against myself. Yeah, last year you went thirty six twenty and three. Um, last last year I went 20 38 and three and guess what I'm 20 and 20 on the season I've already hey. matched my win total improve uh, from last year so all right moving on let's get into these games the first one what do they call this game with Florida and Georgia they it was the world's largest a- outdoor cocktail party no no they can't call it that it's offensive you didn't Why? Hear that? To, who? to people that don't drink they changed it they don't call it that anymore it's not like the name war was in it like (laughs) did they change it when did this happen Uh, i'm telling you i'm gonna google it it came up on google uh let's see Uh, people are trying to change it um oh there's a lot of there's a lot of people telling us to deal with it that's no matter what they try to tell you um this sounds suspiciously like one of those things where the people are like, oh, the PC crowd ruins everything, but nobody's actually trying to change it. It's just people want to complain about the PC crowd. I, it just seems like one of these things where there's blowback to a thing that doesn't exist. Well, no, it used to be it used to be like, you know, part of the advertising of the game, and now it's not. Uh, River City Showdown. <laughs> for, the river, for the River City Showdown. Sounds like a seven uh, on seven tournament, doesn't it? Let's see. Yeah, the River City Showdown is definitely a uh, a seven on seven tournament name. World's largest outdoor cookout. Um, war for the ore. Look, there's war. War is back in it. Uh, Oak Okafinoki ore. 
So Jeez. wait a minute. Uh, Somehow we're we're pretending that college students don't drink at football games now. That's what we've decided to do. It's interesting that they pushed the name change because a lot of these colleges are now you know allowing alcoholic games. I don't know if Florida and Georgia are among them, but uh, let's see. I'm reading about this here. So some Florida Times Union columnist is who coined the name. Since 2006, the rivalry has lacked an official name. Yeah, in the mid-2000s. Oh, it was the SEC and CVS. Yeah, see? Ah, Yeah, I'm telling you. That's soft. Offensive. Um, But the amount of people who text me and ask me. People at the tailgate that are like, well, you know, now that it's not called the cocktail party anymore, maybe we shouldn't binge drink. Since they've, t- since they've taken the name away, we should be responsible with our drinking. Minor uh, blip in the, the the universe there. Time is a flat circle as Rob got disconnected. Rob, I tried to go on without you, Colin Cowherd style, but I only made it about 30 seconds. Yeah, that's tough to do. One time when I was at the college radio station, my co-host didn't come in and I had to try to do the show alone and I basically had a panic attack on the air and just had to leave. Well, luckily, no, probably not a big audience, right? No, thank God. I'm sure somebody out there heard it, but you know, nobody that knows me now. Well, I wish I could have done the college radio station when I was in high school, but your cousin and all his, you know, his cool click friends what, couldn't have me. Guess where where are they working these days? Cast. <laughs> Good question. Uh, I, Nick is the Nick is a nuclear engineer. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. okay, just not in the not in the uh, realm of radio. Yeah, not an audio engineer. That's all that matters. He certainly doesn't uh, have a podcast. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Take that, take that, Nick. How's Victor Anderson doing? Were you guys you got your own show? <laughs> I have to tell him to listen to this. Uh, although Victor Anderson does tweet at me sometimes on Twitter, so big shout to him. He's still uh, he's still around doing something. We but. should maybe explain that in the smallest of small worlds. My cousin, who is from Long Island went to UCF and was the the head of the somehow knows Woody, which I really blew my mind when he told me that. Well, you know, I'm more infamous uh, than than well known. I'm sure I probably you know cussed some people out that he knew or something. Like that. <laughs> chances chances are so. Let's get into the games. We were talking about the this cocktail party uh, and political correctness gone awry. Florida's a six and a half point underdog. I put them as a favorite here against Georgia. And guess what? I'm picking the Gators. I'm sorry. Really? I just. Yeah, I, I don't. I've been unimpressed uh, with you know, and I, I went on and on and on about how Georgia was going to go undefeated to the Auburn game, this, that, and a third, and then they, of course they lay an egg against LSU, and I know LSU's defense is good, but guess what? Florida beat LSU, and I'm, I, I know you know this is this is a, a weird pick, but I just think that's a big spread, and I think Florida's defense is good, legitimately good. Georgia's offense has been struggling. I saw DeAndre Swift is still a little banged up. I like Holyfield, but I like uh, the Gators to cover. I don't know if I like them to win outright, but right now I'm going with the Gators. What did you say the spread was? Six and a half. Oh, man, that is a big number. Give me the dogs, though. I think Florida is a year away from being able to kind of swing with the the SEC heavyweights, and I think Georgia is still one of those. I think maybe Alabama is a super heavyweight, and then everybody else is a heavyweight, and I think Florida is still – a year away from from being able to kind of be competitive in a game like this. So give me the dogs yeah, Florida, to cover. Florida's way better than we both expected, I think it's safe to say. 100%. Uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, Iowa going to Penn State. Iowa also getting six and a half points, which I put wrong on the sheet. Um, and guess what? 
I know it's crazy to pick somebody going into Penn State. I think Iowa is legitimately good. I think, you know, I really like their defense. It's good every year. They play, they played the game against Maryland this weekend. I, I swear it was only on for like 45 minutes. It was like the shortest game ever because they just controlled the ball. They shut Maryland out. And uh, and I think Maryland's a pretty good team. I like Iowa, and I, I might like Iowa uh, straight up. They're get, getting six and a half points. I just don't. I don't believe in Penn State. I think they've struggled all year, and uh, I just think they're they're elite. I think they're top twenty-five. I don't think they're top fifteen. I think Iowa's better. I agree with you, and I also think they're going to. I think Iowa's going to win outright as well. I've been thinking that for the week. I, you know, where I am at Penn State. I, I just, I have trouble getting behind this team. I don't. It seems like even the games they win for about two quarters, they look like a very mediocre to bad football team, and then they snap out of it. I, I don't know that they've really put together a complete game, and I don't expect them to. I think they're going to lose to Iowa. Yeah, I just don't think you, I don't think you could mess around and do that against Iowa. I think next thing you know, you're down seventeen to nothing or whatever, and Iowa's defense is so good that it's going to be tough for them to come back, especially uh, you know if you're trying to run the ball, which is obviously one of Penn State's strengths. Uh, Washington State, they got a big win last week against Oregon. Uh, they stormed the field. Uh, you know, hopefully everyone was safe. I don't think there were any fines levied by the Pac-12. Um, they go to Stanford, and they're an underdog, which I messed up again. <laughs> I've messed up every single one of these on the sheet, by the way, if you're not looking at it, Rob. But uh, they're, they're getting three points going to Stanford. This is obviously a letdown spot. The Pac-12, whoever does the schedule on the Pac-12 is insane because – they did this with Washington, where Washington went to UCLA and then had to play Oregon coming off a bye. Then they did it to Oregon coming off a, a big win against Washington, and Washington State had a bye, and they went to Washington State. And now Washington State has to go to Stanford once again off of a, a very big game. I like I like Wazoo. I think they've only lost once this year, and it was a, a fluky game against USC. I, I Bryce Love, you know, he's got his ankle injury nonstop in and out of the lineup. I just don't think uh, Stanford's offense is creative enough. And Washington State's defense looked really good, especially in the first half. So give me a wazoo in the points there. A pick for Washington State. I know this makes no logical sense, and I like to fancy myself a logical person. Uh, But this is why I'm going to pick Stanford. Because a pick for Washington State here pretty much ensures that Washington State is going to have a chance to make the college football playoff, right? That's what's going to happen. If they win this game, the rest of their schedule is, you know, who do they play? They play Cal and Arizona, I think. Uh, I think maybe well, Colorado yeah. is on the schedule as well, but that's a tough one. So if they if they go into the Pac-12 title game, some, or they go into that Washington game at 10-1, and one, people are going to start talking about them like, a, like an actual playoff contender, and I just can't see that happening. Washington State always has some weird letdown game where they lose to somebody they're not supposed to, and I think that this, that's this weekend. I think Stanford gets them. Okay. Well, I don't know. The, the, I don't know if you knew this, Rob, but the Pac-12 has been eliminated from the race for the college football playoff. Yeah, I read that week two. I think yeah. I started reading that when, when Washington lost to Auburn is when everyone yeah. declared the conference dead, correct? Yeah, so I, Washington State could win every game by 50 and not be considered according to uh, the fake news media. Uh, <laughs> Clemson going to Florida State. The Tigers are a 17-point favorite. This one is a little interesting because if the Florida State fans show up, which I think they will, we've seen our boy Trevor, the greatest football player ever, uh, get a little rattled on the road. Uh, I do think Florida State's defense is, is, is a little better than advertised. 
But guess what? I'm not going to bet against Trevor. 17 points is a huge number on the road. It's probably stupid to pick them, but I'm going to. I picked the Tigers to cover. As you know, you you texted me mocking me for being against Trev last weekend, and he made me pay. <laughs> Boy, did he make me pay. I mean, that wasn't even close. I think they covered that game in like the first quarter. Yeah, there was Those a blowout. kind of ones too is the ones where you bet them and you expect to at least get some entertainment value out of it even if you lose. You know, it's nice to have a stake in the game, but when your bet is over in like 20 minutes, it seems like a, like a blackjack hand. Give me the Knolls. I'm going to make the same mistake twice. I, I just – that place – you know, say what you want about Florida State. I think they're better than people give them credit for because everybody wanted to jump all over Willie Taggart early. Uh, I think they've improved week to week. It's still hard to play in that stadium in Tallahassee. I don't think Florida State's going to win this game outright, but I like to think it's going to be somewhat of a close game. I think this could be a situation where Florida State is down by three at halftime. It kind of makes a game of it. So give me the Knowles. Yeah, I think Florida State's playing a lot better than they were early in the year. They've sort of, you know, they've got that patchwork offensive line, which I think could be an issue against Clemson. But uh, I think, you know, Clemson could give up some points, although (laughs) I think they've outscored their last two opponents like 114 to three or something insane like that. Uh, But I think I think I could see that happening. But I've just as I texted you last week, I said I texted Rob said, how does it feel to be uh, betting against uh, the greatest player of all time? (laughs) 20 minutes later, it was over. Which, which, by the way, Mahomes has given Trevor a run for his money in the NFL ranks uh, for the greatest of all times, for sure. Uh, and last but not least, we want to get a Big 12 game in here. Texas going to Oklahoma State, only a three-and-a-half point favorite. We've seen Texas kind of play down to its competition on the road. But I think this is not a good Oklahoma State team, and uh, I think I'm going to take the Longhorns. Nah, give me the horns, and I think that you know this is the Rob Cassidy lock of the week. Really? Like, much like we had Oklahoma. I told I had a friend in town and I told him it was Oklahoma at TCU. And I said, I would bet Oklahoma to win this by three touchdowns. Uh, and they easily covered in a game which uh, which TCU lost their controversial quarterback, Sean Robinson, for the season. Yeah, I think Texas is going to pile it on here. Texas, Texas by 17. All right. So those are the picks. Uh, Rob and I agree on everything except for uh, the cocktail party, which I take the Gators to cover. Uh, he, he, well, I guess we only agree on two games. Excuse me. Yeah, you like Stanford. I like Washington State. I like Clemson. You like Florida State. We both like Texas and Iowa. As mentioned, Rob is 13-2 and two on the season. So take that into account. Uh, moving on to the topics. And this was, this was kind of an interesting week because I wasn't sure where we were going to start. But I was at... I got a DM yesterday, and it was from it was a tweet from <laughs> was Joel. Somebody saying, "How do you get them stars?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I definitely got, I definitely got that. Actually, I got a I got a message today about uh, I got a message today about a, uh, <laughs> a seven on that. seven yeah. a, a seven on seven trial in November. So, wow. uh, yeah, take that for take that for data. So, I'm trying to see. I got I'm trying somebody, to find here, here's it. Here's one for you. Yesterday, from the from the weird recruiting reporter files, I got a text message yesterday from somebody saying, "What do you charge for speaking engagements? What do you think they want me to speak about?" I didn't respond because I'm not going to the speaking engagement. But what 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 what, what in the world could you possibly want me to say to a group of people? You should ask Andrew Bone because he cleans up. But with Andrew Bone, at least like they want to talk about it's like Alabama booster clubs. He covers Alabama. Somebody just want me to come talk to a random group of people about college football. (laughs) What kind of people are going to assemble in a ballroom to listen to some jabroni like me tell them about general college football recruiting? 
Well, let me tell you something. I spoke at the Atlanta Touchdown Club once, uh, pro bono, by the way. Uh, what did and you? I haven't do? been invited back. It was more like a Q and A. People asking me about, you know, how do I get them stars? And <laughs> <laughs> it's like your Twitter live action Twitter DMs. Right. It was rich, but it was rich uh, heavy hitters from the city of Atlanta asking me how to get them stars. Why do um, they want them stars? Oh, they're no, crazy. they just want you know. How does it work? What goes on? You know, people people ask questions about things. So I told them, listen to the podcast. You get all the answers there for free. So here's where we went. This was the this was the tweet that was sent to me. Uh, this was from Joel Klatt, who nice guy. Who, by the way, I uh, I met him in the Starbucks at that mall in Birmingham at SEC Media Days, and we had oh, a yeah. nice little chat, making fun of people, uh, media members who were you know basically fans. So he, he tweets this quick question. According to the Sagarin ratings, UCF is rated 28th, just ahead of 29th rated NC State, or excuse me, North Dakota State, and has a schedule rank of 127, just ahead of North Dakota State at 128th. NDSU is 7 0. Should we rank them as well? And then he puts hashtag the answer is no. And then he uses a GIF of uh, Hugh Laurie from House. <laughs> so this is what <laughs> I want to talk Timely reference, Dad. Yeah, way to go, Joel. Uh, this is what I want to talk about. And I've, I've found this sort of, we have a little momentum building here on this front of people hate UCF now. And, and here's what I think why. And you and I can relate to this. The Twitter mob is, is all you see, right? So if you're Joel Klatt, if you're Kirk Herbstreet, if you're whoever, all of a sudden, you've got these people tweeting at you, calling you names and whatnot. So let's go to the, let's go to the audio from college game day, which, which really rubbed me the wrong way from our boy, Kirk Herbstreet. So I'm going to turn it up here and I'm going to play it. You have not heard this, correct? I have not heard this now. Okay. I didn't. All right. So let's listen, let's listen to Kirk here. Why are we focusing just on UCF when it comes to the power five? Because I think there are other teams that are out there that are as deserving or more deserving. When you look at this graphic, the only team ranked in the top 30 of FPI, Sagarin, S&P, Fresno State. You want to take the ESPN bias out that they think that the UCF fans think? Look at this. The only two teams ranked in the top 25 in Sagarin, S&P has nothing to do with ESPN. Appalachian State and Fresno State. Fresno State has the toughest strength of schedule. So what Des is talking about, and David, like you need to play somebody to be able to be rewarded. UCF, you need to not just worry about being undefeated and trying to get into the top four. You need to look behind you at teams like Utah State, App State, Fresno State. These teams on, on paper, which is what you want to look at a lot of times, are better than UCF and more deserving than UCF. That's all I one of these people that the game's not played on paper usually is one of these football guys, TM. Well, what's crazy is the graphic. If Appalachian State played UCF, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> you would do, that's the thing. We we did an exercise a couple weeks ago and Sam Spiegelman was on where we did a we did a running gag the whole show where we did okay, how many points would UCF be favored against this top twenty five team from a power five conference? And we, we came away with them being favored over most of them, except for, you know, the top six or something. Uh, now, he, he went on a – he did mention something about fans cussing at him on Twitter, which didn't make the cut there. But don't you find it interesting that UCF has gone from lovable outsider to, like, being just openly hated here now 
by well, they, by major media. They basically went from you know in the, the the middle of last season they were they were red and yellow Hulk Hogan, and as soon as they printed the national title shirts and the rings, they went to NWO black and white Hulk Hogan. That's exactly what happened, right? But the thing is, and he's like, you know, you need to worry about more things than being undefeated. What about Fresno State? Let's talk about them. Well, Fresno State hasn't won 20 games in a row. <laughs> right. I like Fred. I like Fresno State. I think they're good. But they right, yeah, you're 20 right. games in a row. I, I mean, at some point, if Fresno, how many games in a row does, does UCF have to win to be considered good? You know, what if they won 65 games in a row? Would they make the playoffs? Do you think they'd still be held out? <laughs> Well, here's what I want to. I did want to look up. Uh, I did want to look up the strength of schedule um, in, the, in these college football teams because I, I I think it's it's crazy because I, I don't know. People seem to be obsessed here with now. We're getting into this argument. It's almost like the BCS era. Uh, let me tell you something. There is. Would you say no chance that even if UCF goes undefeated, they're not going to make oh, it? Right. No matter what, there's. They would put in a two-loss Notre Dame team over UCF. Right, exactly. UCF is not making it under any circumstances. So why, and, and that's just the reality of the situation. Is that how you and I feel? Maybe not. Um, but they're not getting in. There's no chance that UCF gets into the college football playoffs. So just put that out of your mind. I think, and I had my friend Jeff Hartzler stay at the house this weekend, who's a UCF grad. He said the best thing that could ever happen to UCF would be that they go undefeated again and beat some team in the sugar bowl or whatever. And then they are like 25 and Oh, and then, you know, you're basically shoving it at everyone's face of like, look, we've won. We haven't lost a game in two years. This is, and maybe uh, I misremember this because I was pretty young. Isn't this how Boise state, you know, they, nobody would ever let them in a BCS bowl. And then they went undefeated for like two years. And finally they got their chance at Oklahoma and beat them. Is that how this went? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a lot of Boise State. I, I can't remember exactly how it went, exactly how it played out, you know, like the records, but there was like a slow, there was a slow drumbeat. And guess what? If you look at the final rankings, they would have been in the playoff. Like there were years where I think them and I think even TCU finished third. Third? Yeah. So they would, they would have been in. Now, th- what's weird is, like you said, you've got these guys who are now quoting these strength of schedule things just go if you don't think they should go in just go on tv and say look they're not getting in i'm sorry the committee is never putting them in you know the problem with with kirk is i think he's playing attention way too much to his twitter feed you know oh the ucf bias it's like or espn bias it's like you know 95 percent of any fan base for any school is is pretty rational And if you rely on the, you know, 5% that tweet you things, you know, people threaten to set me on fire. People tell me they're going to kill me and stuff like that. I mean, I just throw that out the window. People tweet stupid stuff at me all the time. And especially they used to more, you know, I don't use Twitter as much, but we see, you know, sometimes we get tagged in tweets by our coworkers and we see them. I I do think, you know, UCF fans could learn a lesson here a little bit of, you know, these guys who are the most passionate people who are out attacking people on Twitter, you're not helping your cause at all. Uh, you're just you're just pissing people off. It's clear that Herb Street is mad at UCF fans. And that's where we get these, you know, and we got Joel Klatt, you know, essentially taking, you know, shots out of the blue 
comparing him to North Dakota State. What do you think would happen if you – Joel Klatt, you're a smart guy. You're a football guy. What do you think would happen if UCF played North Dakota State? <laughs> they would kill them and they'd be favored by you know, 28 The other thing points. that we're not talking so, about in the Herb Street audio is him saying, you need to worry about more things than being undefeated. What? <laughs> yeah. what, exactly, what exactly else do they have to worry about? Hey, hey, UCF fans, you need to worry about Utah State. Guess what? UCF would beat Utah State by 21. UCF played East Carolina with their backup quarterback last week, and they blew them out on the road in the rain or, in, you know, right after some big rainstorm. So to, to think that, like, you know, and then and now, you know, Memphis went and lost to, to – uh, Memphis went and lost to Mizzou, and they and UCF barely beat Memphis. What's well, like, you know? So what? UCF has to win every game. They have to win their twentieth game in a row by fifty points, or else it doesn't count. They're gonna have to do the thing that happens in wrestling, where they take out Alabama's next opponent with a chair before the match, and then they get to take the they get to take that they get to take their spot in the match and, and face Alabama. Well, the bottom line is everybody knows they're not getting in. Herb Street knows they're not getting in. Every you know they're not getting in. So why are you so obsessed with like you know I can't use the word I want, but you know pooping on you gotta them. Put, you got you to put well, these mid major fans in their place, Woody. Don't you know? It's just so interesting that you have these guys who wanted to, you know basically towing the establishment line now. Everyone's true colors are coming out in terms of like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if UCF got to play in the playoff? Now it's like, hey, you've won too many games in a row now. Go away. You need to worry about more things than being undefeated. Uh, you need to worry about, like I said, they beat Pitt. They they killed Pitt. Notre Dame beat Pitt by five, but somehow that doesn't matter because of the Sagarin ratings or what. You know, big shout to Jeff Sagarin because I don't know how he makes money. I don't know if they pay him or for these because his website is pretty primitive. You know, you know, you know the S and P plus. There's which, some uh, though. You know, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to discard the analytics. I mean, I think that they mean a lot, and but I just, I don't know how they relate to UCF here. Like, we're not. I, if if UCF has to worry about Utah State, they should also worry about the 1972 Dolphins because they've got the same chance of playing either of those teams. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, it's funny that they that they have, you know, it's like uh, get, he he goes on and on about UCF schedule being one clat. They're being one twenty seven. Well, Fresno State's is ninety first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, does it really matter? Do we really do we really need to parse these numbers? Like, I mean, Utah State's is one eleven. I mean, the the bottom line is nobody wants to play these teams. UCF was supposed to play Texas. Texas bought out of the game because they don't want UCF to come and play them and beat them at their own school. Yeah, they don't stand anything to gain. I mean, it's I mean, Texas gains nothing from playing UCF. If you win, you're supposed to win. If you right, I I wouldn't schedule UCF to come because because I think the way UCF wants. They had a home and home agreement with Texas. I, I remember when Texas came to UCF and almost lost to them. 10 years ago when they had Colt McCoy and they were really good. I mean, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's a classic college UCF basketball is, argument. This is why Wichita State can never get anybody to play them. Right. It's it's very similar. The only difference is Wichita State can make the tournament and they get to play whoever they want, whereas that's just not the case. I mean, you know, UCF has had some bad luck with the Hurricanes and whatnot. Next year, they play Stanford at home. Now, if they had that on their schedule this year, you know, don't you think that would be that would be pretty that'd be pretty big for them? Next year they play Stanford home and they go to Pitt. This year they're supposed to play at North Carolina. They've got North Carolina and Georgia Tech on the schedule for 2020. They've got Louisville in 2021. They're trying to play teams. That's just 
you know, some some of the teams aren't going to do it, and I don't blame them. I you know I wouldn't be surprised to see some teams buy out of these games because, it, you know, everybody wants to make a bowl game, and it, when you could either play, you know, Bethune Cookman or you could play UCF, I'm going to play Bethune Cookman. So nah, I only play uh, Utah State. Just get twelve games you know, against Utah State. Right. No offense. We we love UCF on this show. I went to UCF, obviously, but they're they're not getting in the playoff. And the, I just don't see what the advantage is of the national media to continue to sort of take un, almost unprovoked shots at them. And and it's it's almost it's almost weird to me that like these guys who view themselves as like, hey, we love fun, cool college football stories are now aggressively attacking UCF. And like you said, Rob, you know, our boy Danny White, the AD at UCF, which he, I think he sent a letter to college game days, you know, saying let's fix the broken system. He would be – he would go right to the top of the wrestling manager rankings. Yeah, yeah, I think? love him. And, you know, everybody – and it's like the entire athletic department has kind of taken on this persona. Like I follow their, their SID on Twitter and he's constantly just trolling people with the national championship thing. And people continue to get right, that's funny. Right, but it's supposed to be funny. Like it's funny. I, I I hate when you have to tell somebody. I, this happens. This happens to me all the time. Where I'm like, it's a joke. It's funny. Like, no, it's not funny. You meant this. It's like, no, you getting mad is what is the reaction I was trying to get, and now I got it, and they continue to get it. So, uh, we spent a lot of time on that. So let's let's move on. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt in the news this week, and it was it was pretty interesting. I was find, trying to find the tweet because uh, there was somebody who. Somebody from the athletic really took him to task. I can't, I can't, I couldn't find it. Um, no, it's actually not with you know, you know, Pruitt follows me on Twitter. Maybe I should slide in the DMs. <laughs> Maybe you should just return his texts. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, yo, yo, Jeremy. Um, so, so what did he say? He said after the game, uh, and he said this at halftime uh, to Jamie Erdahl, who works for, you know, guess what? We got this new audio tool, right? Why don't we just let Jamie explain it herself? Let's see if I can do it again. Big Pruitt, interesting, coming out of the half. I said, Coach, what do you tell your guys in a game like this? He said, I made them one promise. We have a few guys that are playing the game the right way and doing all the right things. And I promise you that I will recruit 25 other guys that will play the right way so we don't have to play in another game like this. Pretty interesting lesson from Jeremy Pruitt at half. Now, (laughs) first of all, he got up in front of the team and said, I promise you I'm going to replace all of you. You all suck. That's like page out of Frank Martin's playbook, the basketball coach. We used to do that often. I just don't see how – I just don't see how that like mo- – does that – that motivates me is like to, to say, you, you know, you guys you guys stink or whatever. The, the, the issue is – and we've seen this. You know, we need a complete we need a complete overhaul. It's Alabama. Jeremy Pruitt, I'm sorry. You were always gonna lose to Alabama. Now they lost, oh, they gave up the most points ever at whatever. Who cares about that? Alabama is one of the this Alabama football team is one of the best college football teams of all time. Wouldn't you say that? Isn't that fair it to say? It certainly appears to be that way. Right. So there's no shame in losing to them. And I and I think we we reached this point where Look, it's midway through the season. What do you you're trying to make a bowl game? You never you were never going to beat Alabama. Okay, you just beat Auburn last week on the road. The so far the signature win of the Jeremy Pruitt era. 
And then like, you know, less than seven days later, we're saying the team, you know, we got to replace these guys. Obviously you got to replace them, but guess what? You still got to play with most of them until the rest of the season. You're trying to make a bowl game. You got winnable games. I mean, I don't really know what play the game the right way means. Is he like, are they snapping the ball to the tackle or is he just meaning that? That, that they're not showing enough effort. Like he didn't say they all suck, but I, it's I I think what he meant was there were some you know missed assignments and blah blah blah. And he and I heard him say some other things later in the week about you know we just didn't like like Tennessee's players didn't go in there thinking we could beat Alabama. They they knew they essentially knew they were going to lose, and I don't I don't think he liked that vibe, which. I agree with him, but I just don't think you have to publicly come out and say, I, I, I just don't see what is the upside of this? Like, what is the upside of publicly coming out and saying, and, you know, obviously, you know, he relayed the message to Jamie and, but it, this is your team. Now you are the coach. These are your players. It doesn't matter if they were recruited by somebody else or if they were recruited by uh, who, whoever, this is, this is your team now. And I just don't think ripping them publicly is is the move, and I don't think it helps you with recruiting. Do, uh, I, I mean, I, the recruits don't pay attention to a lot of this stuff, and it, there was a, you know a lot of people on the Tennessee message board saying, "How bad does does this hurt us with recruiting?" It's like it doesn't hurt us at all. There's no no players were like, "Oh, I thought Tennessee was going to beat Alabama. Now I'm not going there." That this is not. You and I both know that players do not care about individual results. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, I just wanted to get your your thoughts, Rob. Did you have? You're right. I think you said it best when you said there's no positive to come out of this. I mean, there's no real reason to do it. The only reason, you know, people lose their tempers. Uh, I'd be mad too if I was getting pounded like that. And he probably, you know, it's probably just heat of the moment. Said I don't think it was a calculated thing. Uh, You know, I bet he wishes he could have it back. Yeah, it just uh, I I just wouldn't do it just because. Just because I just I don't see how it motivates, especially you know you want to talk about uh, millennial types or Gen Z or whatever. I don't think that's the way to motivate them is to say <laughs> I'm going to replace you. <laughs> I just I I based this on this is a man uh, that was very very based on that, that once called somebody very very close to me and led the conversation. With, Why do you think you know more about football than me? So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It's not completely yeah. out of character. We'll say that based on based on some experiences. But I think behind the scenes, if you want to go in the locker room and call every person whatever you got to do, that's fine. I just don't think – I just don't think saying it to a reporter. Uh, you know, I, and guess what? I'm glad he's honest, gives us something to talk about. But uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if I were a coach, I guess I'd say. Uh, South oh, Carolina. Okay. So you and I would both consider that a winnable game, uh, I think game, that's right? a game they could win. I don't think they will, but I, I mean, I think it, right. they could. Right. So if, if you're a junior or senior and he just told you, hey, you guys suck, I'm, I can't wait till I can replace you. I mean, you know, what is my motivation to then continue playing for, for him? Uh, so that, that's, that's my opinion on that one. So moving on, uh, we, I guess we should talk about, we should talk about Ohio State because Everybody, they lose one game. I heard a stat today. Did you know that Urban Meyer is 50 and four in the Big Ten since he took the job? No, I did not know that. (laughs) How's that for a record? 50 and four. Uh, This week, though, we had a lot of talk. We had, oh, there there were some football scoop story about, oh, there's problems at, at Ohio State. There's a disconnect between the administration and the coaching staff. 
you know, Urban Myers having health problems. And it's just a complete meltdown. Obviously, they got blown out by Purdue, and that wasn't a good look at all. Well, I believe I believe the rift. But, I mean, if you just think that regardless of what you believe about what happened in the preseason with Zach Smith and Urban and the domestic violence stuff, if you believe that no matter – that everybody in that athletic department is just suddenly on the same page and nobody's fractured, like it, you're given – I mean, you're pretty naive. I mean, they're – a situation like that is going to lead to some sort of dissent. Uh, I doubt everybody was just like, all right, we're all happy with this decision. And there's no way they're all on the same page about that. That's going to be a lingering issue. Yeah, I, 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 to- I totally agree with you. But do, do we think it's the type of thing that's going to lead to Urban leaving? Or uh, do we think, you know, we've got people, Urban should be fired? I mean, we are. I, mean, I don't think it's going to directly cause him. But I mean, it. like I said, it. it <laughs> I don't think it's, you know, all sunshine and rainbows in paradise in the wake of this. There are definitely probably people in that athletic department, I don't know this to be certain, that kind of resent the way it was handled. I mean, if the swath of the general public is to reflect a smaller sample size of that athletic department, you'd have to think there are at least one or two important people there that are a little bit put off by it. Uh, And, you know, that can manifest itself in different ways down the road. Now, I don't think it's going to be something where it's like, well, things didn't go well. I need to retire. I need to quit right now. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves there, but you know, I don't think it's something that is just going to be water under the bridge anytime soon. Yeah, I think this could be. I definitely think this could be. You know, what happened with Zach Smith was probably, you know, the beginning of the end of the Urban Meyer era. Does it mean it's going to be this year? No, but like you said, you know, Urban was was pretty staunch in his position and and probably didn't think he should have been suspended. If you remember that long, that long meeting uh, with the president and the the board of trustees and and everything that went down. So I could see him being, you know, not happy about it when they lose. He obviously his, his, his body language is oftentimes funny on the sidelines when you're losing, but what's he supposed to be smiling? (laughs) Like I hear Cowboys fans often complain about Jason Garrett, always clapping uh, in the NFL even even though they're losing, like I think Ohio State fans would not like if he was running around like uh, the clapper, uh, you know, Jason Garrett. So I, I I think this is something we need to keep a little bit of an eye on because I don't I mean, last year, if you go back and listen to our shows from last year, I don't think we thought that, you know, Jim McElwain would be, you know, fired midway through the year based on one comment. He well, to be he fair, made, they used that. Uh, this is the opposite of an Urban Meyer situation. They were looking to get rid of Jim McElwain and they used the comment. Ohio State's looking to keep Urban Meyer. Uh, I mean, that was really something. That way that McElwain thing unfolded. And then Florida fans acted like we were all stupid for being blindsided by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were you were stupid for being blind. You should have known that uh, he was gonna get fired. Um so anyway, I, I think I think that uh that Urban is is isn't going anywhere, but I guess if he decided at the end of the year to leave, I wouldn't be stunned. Uh, completely. Uh, I do think that people are totally overreacting. 50 and four, Rob, 50 wins and four losses. Yeah, that's, that's why he's still the coach there. If he was 30 and 15, he would have been fired in the offseason. <laughs> it's just like we've created this unrealistic expectation that every team should win every game or else the coach needs to get fired. Is that, I, how, we, yeah, is that how it works now? Well, not necessarily I mean, needs to be fired. My favorite thing Jim is the toggling of the hot seat. Like if you read some of these hot seat websites, 
where it's like so-and-so is on the hot seat this week and then he wins a game and he's off and then he loses the next week and he's back on. <laughs> it's like, do we really have to do this? <laughs> so so let's go to let's go to Jim Tressel, okay? Here here's how he started. He went he went seven and five his first year. Definitely should have been fired fifty times that season. Then went fourteen then went fourteen and zero. then went eleven and two, should have been fired. <laughs> went eight and four, probably should have been fired. Ten and two, twelve and one, eleven and two, ten and three, uh eleven and two. So each year he lost at least two he lost at least, you know, two or three games there. I mean twelve and one was their was their great year. They lost in the national championship game that year in oh six, oh seven. I think it was the year they lost to, to Florida. But I mean but where, what are we doing here, people? Like, you know, Urban Meyer is a good coach. You're not going to win every year. You have a new quarterback. You forget that, like, because Haskins has played well, he's still a new quarterback. Like, it's not just plug and play every year. You can't, you can't have a you, your linebackers go to the NFL every year, and then you expect the next guy to come in and just replace a first round pick or a second round pick. Um, so, sorry, be patient. One of my friends just requested a hundred thousand dollars for me on Venmo <laughs> for no reason. Didn't even text. I, I don't know what happened here. Oh, 100k you got that much in your venmo account phil burkett has requested a hundred thousand dollars all right i'll send that payment right over thanks phil uh, we're gonna get that get that going must be nice um uh, did you hear this is not something uh, to talk about much further did you hear spencer rattler ruled ineligible for the rest of the season after violating school policy that's a five no i did not Oklahoma. see that what happened do we know what happened no, they 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 won't say it. There's some you know vagaries. Uh, I guess we should have got Ralph on the show to give us the lowdown. But uh, I did find it interesting. He's suspended. Uh, you know, this is his dad was basically it, his dad's comments kind of made it seem like oh this was one mistake. Yeah, that's how uh, so I don't know what he did now, but, for the rest uh, of the year. Yeah, they're getting ready to go into the playoffs, and, and Spencer's <laughs> the first out. And they have this story so, is there is nothing on his permanent record. What is that? So he did he get arrested? Or Do you remember when you were in school like they used to throw that around? Like, man, I can't, I can't get in a fight. That go on my permanent record. I won't get into college. Permanent record? I, I don't know. After another crash of Rob's feed, we're back. We're back. Cassidy, the failing Cassidy Wi-Fi. Jeez, boy. you need to switch providers. If you've got, if you're a Wi-Fi provider out there, uh, get at Rob Cassidy. DM him at Cassidy underscore Rob. Uh, I had a great – it's time for Tweet of the Week. No sound effects, mediocre money, et cetera. You want to subtweet people, you're nothing but an embarrassment. Um, uh, uh, I had a great tweet of the week from Keandre Jones, who's committed to Auburn, and it was a story about uh, all these people getting injured on an escalator. Did you see that going around Twitter? I did. It was, wasn't it in like uh, some other country? Yeah, and, and he retweeted it and said – why do people keep getting on? <laughs> Which I laughed at. I laughed so hard at, and he deleted it. He must have thought it was insensitive. But uh, we got you, Keandre. It was very funny. So uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed that tweet quite a bit. So uh, let's move on. Ransom recommendations. This is a, a week. We, you, you, I wish the problem is we waste a lot of ransom recommendations on each other on our normal phone calls. Yeah. Um, so real quick, I do have a recommendation, the TV show Forever, which is on Amazon Prime starring uh, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph of uh, Saturday Night Live fame. They play a couple. Uh, they die. 
and then they go to some type of uh, purgatory situation and they basically have to decide you know it's it's funny cuz they live a mundane suburban life and they die and then they're just living a mundane suburban life in the afterlife as well it's only 8 episodes uh i found it entertaining it's not like a super funny comedy but definitely if you got a dry sense of humor like me or you like those people it's from the same it's from alan yang who famously uh co-created master of none uh, which i think rob you enjoyed right uh yeah but now diseases on the bad list so we're not allowed to enjoy it anymore well that's the thing that's why alan yang had to do his own show see aziz um i'd say it's similar stylings aziz brother is actually makes a brief appearance i think he's one of the writers on the show so he's not uh he's not on the bad list at least yet so so uh that's my recommendation you got anything rob this season of american horror story has been good and that show is kind of up and down uh, i think the first season was great and they've had some misses they've had some hits if you've watched – the only tricky part is you've got to be a loser like me and have stuck out the bad seasons because they kind of tie some of the old seasons in for the first time to this one. But if you've stuck it out and you're fading or maybe you've missed a season or two, uh, it's worth coming back in because this it's like an apocalyptic thing here. But they've tied in the witches and they've tied in the first season in that murder house again. And it's been interesting. And it's been the best season I think since season one. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I try. I remember season one, people saying they liked it. I just have never. I generally like Ryan Murphy shows. Well, season one was. Uh, you should watch season one. That I mean, it was really incredible. Uh, they haven't really been able to match that since. But the first season is must watch. And, and it's know, an anthology, so it's not like you're, you're missing out on anything. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Uh, I know a lot of people love it, especially of. Uh, People I see on Instagram, if you know, if you catch my drift. <laughs> well, I mean, they've had some really bad moments. I, I mean, there have been the season about the freak show was one of the worst seasons of television I've ever seen ever. It took place at a carnival and there was like a random clown. Is that uh, the one with Lady Gaga? No, no, was that it? was Hotel. And that one was actually OK. Uh, that one was fine. Uh, the freak show season was bad. And then the second season at the Insane Asylum that featured Anne Frank for some reason was also oh, very bad. Geez. Zan Frank or Anne Frank? Anne Frank. Zan Frank is coming in season seven. I saw somebody. I saw somebody tweeting about Zan Frank on Twitter. It's like, why has this person got a picture of Cardi B on his face? <laughs> it's not Cardi B. That's Anne Frank. For those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know, Zan Frank is a a Xanax rapper, which yeah, is a Miami-based yeah. SoundCloud rapper. Right. So check it, check him out when you're checking out M2. But uh, I do not see much. He's got a tattoo of Anne Frank on his, on face. his face. I don't think and I read up on why these rappers like Post Malone and Zan Frank and Takashi 69 do that. They call these tattoos job stoppers, right? So they get them. So you can't get a real job and you're forced to make it with your music. That's that's the thought process behind having a tattoo of Anne Frank on your face. Yeah. Well, guess what? You got to stay motivated. Brave new uh, world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Jeremy Pruitt should tattoo uh, <laughs> tattoo Nick Saban on his face and be like, "This is a reminder of who I'm trying to beat every day." Zan uh, Saban. Yeah, Zan Sa- Zan Saban would be a popular rapper. Uh, all right. So so anyway, uh, rants. Zan Frank. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so absurd. <laughs> I, I had a few rants. Uh, I do. I have down here couples that wear the same glasses, which which you said you've never seen before. Not the exact uh, same glasses. Like people wear glasses, though. I mean, and there are only certain styles of glasses that are in vogue right now. So I can understand why people would have similar glasses. 
Let me tell you something. When I see a couple, two couples, I mean, first of all, if you're a couple that and you both have the same kind of glasses, you're one person away from being Weezer, right? <laughs> I suppose that's true. I mean, it's like it's like on the old workaholics bit, you know, one fedora per crew. Only one person can wear the hat or else you end up looking like, you know, a uh, really big fish or whatever, like a ska band. <laughs> so, I'm looking at pictures I, I would, of Weezer here, though. They're not all wearing the same glasses. They have three guys with glasses, but they're, oh, no, there are some pictures where two of them are wearing the same glasses. <laughs> I wish, well, Nick went and saw Weezer recently. I saw uh, them last yeah, year. They there's at least two. Oh, you went and saw them too. So maybe maybe it was you that saw. There's at least two of them that have glasses. I don't know. <laughs> See, I like them. They're they're really kind of weird in concert because they don't move around much. Like the lead singer just comes up to the microphone and says, "Hi, we're Weezer from Southern California," and then you're in it. So, and then they just stand there and play. But you know, I I do love Weezer. I'm looking at a Weezer photo here. Three of the four have glasses on, and they're all dark rimmed glasses. Uh, so. Sorry, Weezer fans. It's from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, they're on top. That's real journalism, uh, getting to the bottom of this stuff. So if you're – listen, if you're a couple and you have the same glasses, you're weird. I know couples a lot of times take on the personalities of one another and interests and whatnot, uh, kind of, but I think it's weird. The other thing is, Rob, I guess this is our last episode before Halloween. We might have one next Halloween uh, or on actual Halloween. This obsession, and you see it, you and I see it because we follow uh, Sean Rose on Twitter. He's constantly tweeting, defending candy corn. What's yeah, your take on candy it, corn? I, see, the candy corn thing is just like a seasonal is a hot dog a sandwich. It's just something that people like to argue about online. Well, but people have – here's my problem. They wouldn't continue to make candy corn. There's candy corn M&Ms. There's candy corn you know, cupcakes, there's candy corn. They wouldn't keep making it if people didn't like it. So no, people guess like it. Yeah, there's there's a contingency. I mean, they make spam. Spam is disgusting, but there are people out there, particularly Hawaiians, that like spam. Spam is good, dude. You haven't. You don't like spam? I've had it once, and I ever. it was a pretty early experience in my life. My, my biological father enjoyed spam, and it was – I just remember thinking it was gross. Now, I know it's huge in the Hawaiian community. Like, if you go to Hawaii or you go to even the – Hawaiian themed casinos in Las Vegas. They, they're big on spam because Hawaiian people love the stuff. How did he? How did uh, your dad make the spam? Did he fry it in a pan? I can't remember. I mean, I was right. so little. Boy, you know, coming from a privileged background such as yourself, you probably <laughs> didn't have many spam experiences. But I can tell you, frying the spam in a pan is uh, is delicious. And the Hawaiian restaurant by my house, see. Uh, <laughs> They have spam and it's delicious. I think the reason why Hawaii was big on spam is because, you know, back in the day it wasn't so, you know, it was an easy thing that kept well and was able to get over there. Uh, and that's kind of how they adopted it. But it was also big, uh, you know, members of my family uh, who live abroad also enjoy spam. So I don't know. It's a, it's a big thing. So there was a thing for whatever reason when I was young where people were wearing spam shirts, ironically, did that happen in Oregon? Like the skateboard crowd would rock a shirt with the spam logo on it? Yeah, maybe. But I think what's interesting about those things is like once once Walmart started selling them. Yeah, that's when it was over. <laughs> right. Which Walmart now has a bunch of uh, graphic tees like that, a few of which I've purchased. But uh, yeah, I think that, that you know, the punk I was actually listening to a podcast with Jonah Hill and he kept talking about, you know, punk culture. I guess he's got a movie out. Yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. Have you seen it yet or no? Uh, it's it? only released in New York and LA right now. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I, I probably will eventually whenever I can find a way to do it. 
Yeah, co- only the coastal elites get to watch it, uh, not the plebes. Like, well, us, I think but. if it does well, they'll expand release it. That's kind of the hope. It, it looks it looks interesting, but anyway, my point was, if you're a person who complains about candy corn not being good, you are actually the minority. I I, I find it. Everyone's like, it sucks. It's like, guys, they wouldn't make it if it wasn't if people didn't like it. They not only would they not just make it because they do make it and sell it year round. By the way. They wouldn't have so many other variations of it. Well, the bigger mystery of, than candy corn is those candies that come in the strawberry wrappers that I've never seen in a store, but yet they just seem to manifest themselves in old people's houses. Like right. I've you've never d- seen actually anybody buy them. <laughs> you've done this bit before, though. It's really, it's, it's really something. It is. It's been a long-running bit for me because I cannot figure it out. Find these things in a store and send me a picture. They might be on that. The, there is the the weird candy aisle, like in Publix or whatever. If you go down there, I bet I bet you could find it. I think they come in a green package, but it, it, it was one of the best wrappers of all time because it looks like a strawberry. It is. It's an iconic wrapper, but it's also associated with old people now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, anyway, stop complaining about candy corn. Get off my lawn. And guess what? If you live in the South, don't hang ghouls from nooses in your front yard yeah it's kind of a bad aesthetic isn't it please stop doing it it goes without saying you know why it's an issue Uh, i find it in my neighborhood appalling and uh you know it's it's just not it's in bad taste so you know take that into account when you're putting up your halloween no nooses uh involved in the halloween direct that has nothing to do with halloween uh, so don't do it, people. All right, that's that's it. I got no stories. I didn't. I didn't try to f- almost get in a fight <laughs> at the gas station. I did. <laughs> you almost got to fight at a coffee shop. It sounds like. Yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I was in the wrong for being upset that they people go to coffee shops to work and to drink coffee and to be quiet. And when they they were shooting a put like a pardon the interruption debate show about local politics in a coffee shop that's smaller than my living room. And I'm sitting there trying to write and they're just people screaming at each other on camera five feet away from me. I, so yeah, I stormed out and I typically love that coffee shop and it's great. And the people are great and they have great coffee, but it was, uh, I don't know why we're doing that. When, did you like slam your bag around and stuff when you were packing out? I mean, were you my display, yes, I was. You know how I am. I wish I could have seen it. I would have, I would have, I would have, I guarantee you. I just did that thing where I just stared at them for a while. I couldn't believe it was happening. And you knew, I mean, I guess the coffee shop needed the pub. It was a local news show, but it was strange. Well, you'll get to the bottom of this. We want to, I want an outside the line storylines update when you talk to the owner next time. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll probably be in there tomorrow. See what his excuse is for for that, but that wraps it up for us. We want to remind everyone to leave a review and tell a friend. I think we did get one rating. We are sitting at ninety eight, so close. Rob, do we have any prizes we can give out to people? I mean, I've got junk. I um, I can look. I can look upstairs. I've probably got some Heisman mailers from years gone by, or bobbleheads, or some kind of. I have. You know what I do have is a Robert Griffin III notepad that they sent out for that I never opened that they sent out for his Heisman campaign when he was at Baylor. I'd have to locate it. So next week on the show, so, I'll, I'll find some trash to mail out. So were you ever a Heisman voter or no? Uh, no, uh-uh. but they uh, people that worked in my old office were. So they would just send them to the office, and you know. Oh, uh, okay. What's what's stupid is I covered the NBA. I was credentialed for the NBA Finals. I covered the NFL. I attended the Super Bowl. I covered college team, and I never got sent any of this swag. I remember getting gifts 
at the game, like, oh, here's a backpack or whatever, or here's a yeah, or like somebody. The, I, bowl games have always given away good stuff. Yeah, I think I got some really good headphones once at the Conference USA Women's Basketball Tournament, but like. I never got any of these mailers. I see stuff popping up in the mail all the time or, you know, people with way less followers than me. Uh, so so the, the, the best giveaway ever was when the Big 12 was collapsing and everybody thought the league was in trouble because everybody left and conference realignment was happening. And they wanted to do this thing where they showed the media that they were still a strong, you know, league. And so at Big 12 Football Media Day that year – they gave us everything. It was like these – I looked the back like $150 backpacks. It was free booze the entire time. It was flash drives. It was T-shirts. It was hats. It was really something, man. <laughs> then, you know, the next year, once the conference kind of stabilized, it was back to, you know, here's a notepad. <laughs> yeah, here's a, here's a notepad you'll never actually use. Uh, I wish I had some free swag. I did get – somebody did send me a couple years ago, sent me an Alabama – helmet that was also a bluetooth speaker and it was almost like full size really uh i gave yeah i gave it away to somebody uh who was an alabama fan i don't know if i ever got a thank you on that one um so if you're listening you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) repossess the helmet (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go take it back you know what give me that helmet back uh i think you could like talk on the phone on it and everything i mean it was a humongous helmet it was much bigger than you would have ever expected so all right, that wraps it up. We're done. We'll be back with another episode, hopefully Sunday, if uh, if I'm around, and if not next. I Thursday, could do Sunday. Um, we could do the regular host this weekend if you want. I'm not. I don't have anything planned on Sunday. Okay, so maybe we'll do me, you, and Lackford, uh, because Lackford's dying to come on. He was. What did he text me? Let's. Let's. Well, we're at. This. I still like the idea he, of some some was, some like violent criminal skating because Lackford had to take the day off and he's replaced by you know his backup who's probably a lackey and the, the guy. <laughs> Guy wiggles uh, off the hook because Lackford had to record a podcast. Oh, he's going to be so mad because he said, I can leave work at 12. Well, it's 1.45, Dave, so you wouldn't Think have of the it. American people, Dave. Just leaving yeah. work. You're a public servant. Yeah, taxpayer dollars going to waste. Uh, he said, I want to talk about the following. Zach Smith being a blank, which we can't say, so that we, sorry, we couldn't have talked about that. Wandell Robinson, which he always wants to get his Kentucky talk. Miami falling off, he has on here. Is Miami falling off, Rob? Were they ever – got to be yeah, up on okay. something to fall off. FSU's up and down season and they're progressing. The Pac-12 and Ohio State getting that blank whooped. <laughs> so there you go. There's your Lackford corner. Just pretend he talked about all those <laughs> Dave's things. Dave's corner. Yeah, just put on your best Philly accent. Say the word water and uh, throw in a wah-wah here and there and you've got your Lackford. Yeah. Corner. Oh, no, it's Pittsburgh that says yins, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh says yins. Philly says water. I might be going to Philly in a couple of weeks to visit my college roommate. So maybe we'll have to do a live on location Philly trivia with Dave Lackford or something. Yeah, all right. So that wraps it up. Tell a friend. We'll be back with another episode next week. Yeah, this beat is where it's at, man. This is way better. Yeah, you just talked over it, though. That's the <laughs> uh, No, I kind of meant to do that. It makes me feel like a DJ. <laughs> <laughs>